Hello, Glenn Norgard. Mr. Glenn Norgard, Senior Global Real Estate Advisor and Associate Broker with Sotheby's in New York. How are you, my friend? That's me. I'm fine. <laughs> you're Why in Florida. Phone number. <laughs> you're you're in Florida right now, though, correct? I am. I'm sitting at my desk in my living room, looking at the intercoastal. Fantastic. How is the weather there today? We did a uh, we did an elevated men's lifestyle photo shoot with Nick Roldan, the face of American Polo, on Monday in Palm wow. in, on Monday in Palm Beach, and we got they. I wasn't there. They got hit with some surprise weather. How's the weather for you right now? Well, it's kind of like that kind of hazy overcast. It's like it's, you know, you can't tell if it's going to rain in 20 minutes or if it's sunny. Yeah. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like that. And, like, when I got here yesterday, I uh, I like to cook, so I made a whole lunch of, like, menu, and I'm having people over for dinner tomorrow night. So I went food shopping, and I no sooner came out of the um, Whole Foods, and, like, it was pouring. And I go on <laughs> Dark Sky, which is, like, this app that tells you exactly to the minute when it's going to stop raining. And um, it said I had to stand there 47 minutes. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's so which, I went, and went back inside and I had lunch. There you go. There you go. But congrats on being down there. That's so, uh, it's, Florida's just, uh, as you may remember, I love Florida. It's so fantastic. And, and inter you know, interestingly uh, enough, now that we're um, speaking at this um very unique and exceptional moment in time. It was about a year ago where you spent quarantine down there, correct? And then when you got back from and when you got back to New York, you had to quarantine for a decent amount of time before you could get to work, right? Yeah, we had to quarantine. Kind of, I guess it was from when Cuomo said, "Like you can't go out." I think it was like April. Well, my ski trip was canceled mid-March, but then we were totally shut down come, like, you know, sometime early April, and then I was down here for May and June. And then June 22nd, I think, or somewhere at the end of June, we were allowed to go back and do things sort of on a limited basis. Right, right. So, uh, less, yeah. so, so less than a year. And, you know, as the cliche saying goes, what a difference a day makes. But in this case, what, you know, for the sake of conversation, what a difference a year makes. So fast forward to right now and congrats on the recent uh, successes you've been having. And I mean, you being a leading luxury realtor in general, while further in a market where a year ago, uh, you were really, uh, for the sake of conversation, to use the term again, um, in one of the epicenters of the yeah. pandemic and now what um let's talk about that well um the um the uh last year um you know everything came grinding to a halt um in uh, manhattan very quickly i finished the handful of sales that i had in place you know we tried to figure out how are we going to do this virtually with walkthroughs and this and that and we kind of got them all done and everybody luckily no one failed I had a handful of listings that um, were listed. I had three things come on literally the week or so before COVID. And two of them have sold and we're about to close them now. We're only closing them now because, you know, you look on days on market on the web and it says, you know, 370 something, but you know, you know, 200 of those, we weren't even allowed into them. So, right. um, but they're now finally closing, you know, at negotiated prices, but they're closing. One of them hasn't changed their asking price. 
because it's in a very good location and there's nothing, it's in the West Village, there's nothing ever really around there, so we're just trying to find the right person. And um, so that looks still there at the same pre-COVID price. But um, the, the market has, you know, in the first quarter of this year, like last year, I did a lot of uh, putting my house in order in terms of marketing. I was on Zoom through the Sotheby's Network 24-7, you know, building leads. I'm part of a ski group. Yeah. We had regular Zoom chats. And so what I did is I was doing everything I could. I also have a real estate coach. I'm part of the Tom Ferry Network. Oh. And just using all of these things to, um, you know, just to sort of not, I, my, as my coach says, he says, don't furlough yourself. Don't sit there. You know, you have to be work as harder now to make sure that when things turn around, because they will, you'll be ready to go. Right. So that's kind of what I did. And so my first, so my first quarter of, uh, of, of this year, I did almost 24 million in sales and contracts. That is fantastic, which, Glenn. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it kind of came, you know, it kind of came out of nowhere. And when I look at where the business came from, it came from everything that I did when I was, you know, when I was not able to really do the traditional things we do in real estate, other than networking on the phone and through Zoom. So these were all buyers and and, and listing leads that I had made through that effort. So um, it's, you know, the everywhere else in the country, because everybody was repositioning and leaving those certain city cores, like, you know, New York was hit. I know my friends in San Francisco downtown. We're talking about a Chicago downtown was talking about it, but anywhere in the suburbs or vacation homes, it was going like gangbusters. I mean, you read on social media, you know, listed today, sold tomorrow, and that was happening everywhere. And, you know, it still is just really sort of escalate. It still is. You're right. You know, there's some funny anecdotal stories of people waving inspections only to find out that when they move in, the house has leaks. You know, there's all these different things. Uh, there was one in the New York Times where someone apparently bought a house. They waived their inspection, and apparently it's in a, a, a grove where woodpeckers live. So the woodpeckers <laughs> had to at the house, and so when they moved in, it was raining, and the woodpeckers were pecking in their house. <laughs> you know, had they had this been a normal market, that probably would have learned about the woodpeckers, <laughs> right. you know, the, and done something. But they, you know, they were so desperate to be the winner that um, they now are having to fix that so you know so what we're so it's but not, we're happy to see people making the, you know uh decisions in manhattan um the um every monday there's something called the Olshan report there's this wonderful agent donna Olshan, who we all adore and love and she's been in the business a long time she provides this report that counts the number of properties that go to contract um at four million dollars and above in manhattan each monday and so what she does, she, she counts the ones that sold the prior week. Now, in a normal year when nothing's happening uh, in the world, uh, we're sort of status quo, we would get 25 to 30, closer to 30 per week. And that number was pretty constant. Um, last year, uh, we had some weeks two, we had weeks zero. We had, uh, there was one or two weeks, I think 11, I mean, 12. I mean, it was sort of, you know, that was sort of a glimmer of hope, but um, really nothing. In the past 10 weeks, we have exceeded 30 contracts sold or signed for the past 10 weeks. It's ne- that's never happened. And in fact, in some wow. weeks, like I think last week, there were, there were 57 contracts sold, nine or 10 of which were about $10 million. So people clearly are um, reevaluating um, their position in the city. And from my own client base, what I'm finding is that... Um, People that last, you know, a year ago were saying I'll never come back are now saying I'm going to come back, but perhaps in a different way. Right. 
I'm either going to come back bigger because I know that I need now a home office. I need to be able to shut a door. I need to be able to do certain things with the home. Right. Others are saying, you know what? I'm going to sell what I have and have go smaller. But there's a lot of repositioning. Uh, now that said, the prices we're not setting records with price. Where you know there needs to be some negotiation uh, with, uh, and you have to be able to look at history and data and say this kind of feels good in terms of what I am, you know, in terms of getting, getting a good price, you know, new development. I've had a couple of people purchased a new development in the first quarter. And we negotiated, one of the we negotiated 22% off the price and got all the closing costs paid. Wow. So that was, that was an extreme in an owner resale situation where, you know, you're being, you know, those developments there were priced, you know, two years ago. So they're not priced with the current um, valuation. And on a resale that's coming on now, you're looking, we actually have data now for the past year of showing us where the market has gone. So they tend to be, if the seller is real, uh, they tend to uh, price them closer to where you're going to end up. So in that instance, you're seeing things, I would say, 3 to 5% off the last ask price. So, you know, the other thing is that the Internet has um, infinite memory. You know, if you're on the market and you see that someone bought something in 2016, which people we kind of now think is the height of the market, you know, in New York City at least, uh, mm-hmm. in this past business cycle. Right. If someone bought that, if someone bought something for $10 in 2016 and they're on the market for $12 now, buyers say, you know, what's up with that? Like, why isn't it coming on at $8? Right. You know, yep. like, so you have to have an answer for that. Yep, yep. And hopefully, the maybe the seller um, uh, made improvements that there's value added or perhaps there's a change in demographic or the neighborhood gentrified in the past two years. I mean, there are still sections of the city where that's happening. Um, you know, you have to be able to create, you know, a position for why a certain price is there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Question for you. So this report that you mentioned, that is it Donna, you said? Yeah, Donna Olshan. Okay. So that, so that she does. And you said, so the recently the 30 per week, 57 per week, et cetera, you said it has never happened. How long has she been doing that? Um, I want to say she's gone back to like 2005 or 2006. I think the last time when we hit 10 weeks straight, I think in her report, she quoted the last time that happened was 2006. Wow. So I believe she's been, she's been doing it a long time. Um, and, um, yeah, there was, this wasn't something that just sort of started because of the pandemic. This is something that's been ongoing. And not only does she tell you, but she also lists the exact properties that sold. So it's fun to, I check it every Monday, get it into my, my email. It's the first thing I do. And I get to see where things are moving. And you know, what's interesting is that consistently over 50% of the sales are downtown. Interesting. And, um, and the activity yeah. and this activity that you're saying, you said you have a number of clients or base that are restructuring, as you put it. Now, overall, with respect to the market and it being with respect to Donna's report, seeing that a significant number of closings, 30, 57, et cetera, is that would you say a significant per, significant excuse me percentage of that is a restructuring, so to speak, uh, as it correlates with your client base? Or is there a significant percentage of people that are coming from outside the market? What do you, how do you see that mix being? I, yeah, I, I kind of look, I mean, it's just, as you're asking the question, I'm thinking about through my own sale. I would say it's about half and half, half people here already restructuring and half coming to the market. Hmm. There were a number of people that 
oh, had been always wanting to buy something in New York, but always thinking, you know, they didn't want to be the person who's bought at the height. Now with COVID, they thought, oh, here's my chance to buy in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we're getting some of that. Um, for that buyer, um, you know, there, there's, the window is only going to be uh, open for that discount for, for so long. Right. The uh, with this with ten eleven now eleven weeks of like stellar performance in the market, in terms of contract sign, not in terms of price, but in terms of contract sign, the um, buyers are saying, you know what, if I don't make a decision today, I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> Seriously, and yeah. I have a number of buyers that were. That's I was working twenty four seven saying I have to make a decision this week. You know, I said, well, you know, you've seen everything. We've done all these. I've done a lot of virtual tours with people that were out of town. One customer that's buying in the meatpacking district uh, just signed about a week ago. We started up with them in January. They wanted to, they had a personal reason for being having a presence in New York. And they um, were eager to try and make sure that they, they were um, buying at, you know, at, a good, at a good value. And, you know, we started seeing, you know, I, gave, I uh, was sharing these statistics with them. And that really was like, we have to make a decision now because in a month from now, Sellers can legitimately say, "Well, we don't have to be as you know as as as, as uh, you know, we can be a little bit tighter now with what we're offering." Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've even seen it. I've even seen it. You know, brokers are talking about it. There are still buyers out there that are trying to demand all these concessions, and quite frankly, that really is it's really kind of uh, coming to an end. Um, we actually are being able to say, "Well, there is other interest again now." Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And what and so really a, um, you know, as uh, many that I've spoken with, such as yourself, both in real estate and not, but, you know, looking for those silver linings, such a fantastic silver lining story, so to speak, for yourself personally, circling back to the beginning of this conversation where this Q1 in using the pandemic, if you will, uh, as an opportunity to do, you know, listen to your coach and just go back to those basics, but then enhance upon those basics with respect to Zoom, et cetera. But really to, you know, I, I would imagine, not to put words in your mouth, but a year ago when you were coming back from Florida, going into the lockdown and being in New York of all places, if I had said to you or if anyone had asked you, where do you predict you being a leading luxury realtor will be a year from now. You wouldn't have been able to in any way guesstimate, but it may have not been that optimistic. No, yeah, no, I was not that optimistic. You know, I said I have a business plan with target goals and numbers that I have to account for with my real estate coach. And my goal for this year was kind of what I did. In the, I was like, my goal this year was $25 million. I had no idea what to, to expect. And I figured if I could do that, which was not which would not be a good year. It would be, but it would be some, a lot better than last year. But um, <laughs> at least it would be some, some kind of consistency. And that's what I was really hoping for, was to get back. I, you know, my office manager always says, Glenn's the one who um, I can pay the bills with, the rent, the electrical bill, because I'm so consistent in selling all the time. And I just wanted to get back to that, where I didn't have like, you know, I, I, there are some brokers that do all their business in one quarter, then nothing the second quarter. I mean, I, I'm very consistent, and I miss that. So what I tried to do was come up with a plan that I thought I could actually achieve, assuming that um, some sense of normalcy came back. And, you know, quite frankly, um, when I when the pandemic hit and I kind of took a step back from it, you know, everybody was running and saying, oh, the world's falling apart. I, I, I was always one of the mindset saying, you know, we're going to get around. So, I mean, it's, 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 
not like, you know, there's, I did see that there was going to be, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Quite frankly, I was thinking it's going to be more sometime in 2022. This vaccine rollout um, has been very um, instrumental, I think, in helping people see that you know, there is a way to get back to some normalcy. Absolutely. And yeah, the one thing also in the past year is that the everything sort of, you know, it used to be like you'd plan something, you'd plan something next week, next month, and with the pandemic, the news of what was happening was changing. Every week there was like a new bar set or reality. And for the several months, it kept going down, down, down. And then at some point, it started turning around. And then all of a sudden, Biden says 100 do- million doses in the first 100 days. And I'm like, that's impossible. And then he exceeds it. You know, so every yeah. day, so it's like, and that happens so fast now that I see that, you know, come this fall, I think that, you know, I'm talking with friends that have kids in schools. They're going back to a full, you know, in-person schooling. I have friends that are, you know, directors at banks and things, and some of them are already back in their offices. Not everybody, but they're talking about ways to make, you know, get back to having people physically in, 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 in a workspace. Right. So it's just, again, a matter of time. And before you know it, we're going to have this phone call in a year, Chad, and it's going to be, you know, we're back, hopefully back to a lot more normal normalcy. Yeah, in a year, or I, I I agree with everything you said, and I think it could be much sooner than a year. And the yeah, and you know, tech science obviously in this case, as well as um, the Biden administration, and it it really is. I don't, and I don't think most people, both in the United States and globally, realize how profound it is that we are at the place that we are right now with respect to the vaccine, the rollout in the United States. We're very fortunate it's gone the way that it has and i mean at this point it really comes down to we could for the sake of conversation have the entire country vaccinated with two doses if the um, general populace was willing to do it and so yeah i don't but not to get into that type of conversation so now in learning i'll let you get going i know you're incredibly busy and i really appreciate your time so thank you and now in learning that you are quote unquote mr consistency so to maintain, so to maintain that both for yourself and for your office manager, you're looking at potentially a hundred million dollar year, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, my, I mean I, yeah. I mean, it could be, but I mean, that would be a that would be a wonderful year. Um, at this point, I'm actually having conversations with my coach about what should we do in terms of you know upping the upping the, the goal now. Of course. But yeah, I would I would take a hundred million this year. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I think then that's. Uh, I, you want to buy something? <laughs> I think you can. And uh, so two other quick things. Again, I'll let you get going and enjoy your uh, your time in Florida. Speaking, you touched upon, you mentioned networking was one of the things you did. Have you had a chance mm-hmm. to um, do any strong engagement with our dear friend Shailene down in Oil Nut Bay? Well, I, you know, I spoke with Shailene a while back, and I've, I've used some of her stuff on social media, on my Instagram. But um, I've been following a lot. A lot of what I've been doing is following um, her and the success they've been having down there. They've been having great uh, success. That, well, I mean, again, I think they, a lot of people wanting to, you know, if there was ever a catalyst to make someone make for, force a decision, you know, the pandemic is one. Yep. And they have such a beautiful uh, offering there. You know, it's so many different price points. I mean, you can get in for just a few million dollars or you can go, uh, if you have the means, all the way up to that house on top of the hill. I mean, it's... <laughs> Lionheart, you know, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it's the, uh, it truly is, um, 
fun to see all the success in that. And I have the feeling that once all is said done and that's settled, that's going to be a, have been a wonderful investment. Um, so yeah, um, I've been watching that uh, with uh, with uh, with my eyes and on social. Very nice, very nice, and um, and obviously I'm sure you've been keeping in touch with our dear friend Andy up in Vail. And so now back, yes. yeah, and so now, and that's one of those markets that you, we just touched upon with respect to, I mean, they just, they're, you know, they can't even keep uh, agents such as, you know, Andy included, it's hard for them to even get inventory. So now back to you though, most importantly, what is in your current portfolio, what is a listing that you want to touch upon for whatever reason it might be, your personal listing? Right, well, I have this wonderful loft and I think you've seen it, Judd. You've yeah. featured it on Love that Elevated, 70, 70 Wood Ludlow Street. Yep. It's a 2,300 square foot loft. It's owned by uh, a husband and wife, and he's very prominent in the furniture design business. And the reason I share that is because he, his sense of proportion and scale, he's created this home that everybody that walks in feels like, I don't want to leave. I just, you know, it feels like this is where I want to have my Sunday coffee and read the New York Times. It's got 12-foot ceilings and parts. Uh, it's a duplex and has a 700-square-foot private roof deck. There's a part-time doorman even. You know, it's, but, it, you know, Lower East Side is a little, uh, you know, it's a little on the edge. It's a little gritty. It's, it's um, right around the corner from the Essex Market and everything going on at Essex Crossing. And if you take the subway, it's very convenient to a number of subway stops. We just had a price reduction to $3.6 million, which is now underneath the last sale of one of the properties that actually sold last fall during COVID. Um, so, and, and we're, uh, you know, the owners are looking to entertain offers. So that would be the one that I really think should be my next sale because it truly is something worth purchasing. Fantastic. I, the, it's one of my personal favorite listings of all of those that we that we work with, and uh, it, it, yeah. it just looks magnificent. And you know what, you touched upon to, uh, I think a strong note to end this fantastic call on is you said it's a place you don't want to leave, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I actually read a really great quote this morning uh, from Ms. Nicole Kidman, and I believe it was actually she was speaking. This quote came from, I know she does, you guys quote her in your Sotheby's marketing or presentations or whatnot, but she touched, um, Kidman touched upon that why. One of the reasons, you know, that with respect to real estate, luxury real estate, and what people, and it's somewhat of an obvious statement, but, you know, people will go and spend their money on travel and whatnot, et cetera, but people have realized, which, you know, we've, many of us have been saying for a year now, why, you know, luxury real estate, home and design, et cetera, has done so well and will continue to do incredibly well if, and in my opinion, better than it ever has, is it gave people that gut check and that realization of, okay, I own this fantastic um, loft that I bought from Glenn or I'm going to buy from Glenn in Manhattan, but I've never really done anything with it. And it gave us that, uh, the appreciation mm-hmm. of the space. And that's what that listing truly uh, emulates, encompasses, and represents mm-hmm. is that appreciation of the space. Yeah. No, it's it's truly one of those places. Like the quote, I don't want to leave, was actually stuff comes from one of the buyers that came to look at it. Huh. The, um, the owner, Carl, he's apprenticed for Charles E. And he has this design sensibility that um, is just wonderful. I mean, they, again, he just the furniture that's in there is all custom design that he you know, things that he's done, and 
the bookshelves, and you can just, you know, raise, raise, they raise their family there. You can just see, you get that sense of um, security and safety. And also, it's just a place you, again, just don't want to leave. So we just have to find that person. And um, we have a couple of appointments this weekend. We'll see, maybe, uh, maybe we'll get lucky. Fantastic. I will be thinking positive for that and for you in general, as I always am. Mm-hmm. Glenn, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything that we didn't discuss or that I didn't ask you? No, I think you kind of covered everything. I'm, I'm glad to be able to share with you the fact that New York is turning around and hopefully get that word out. And, uh, thank you for helping us do that. Absolutely, Glenn. Thank you so much. And here's to us discussing the $100 million year that you've had in a few months. <laughs> Call me on January 1. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy Florida, my friend, and have a great weekend. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye.